0: In Session with Dr. Farid
1: Tolakwi. Good afternoon and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tolakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadid Tolakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call with any questions related to clinical psychology, including any emotional or psychological issues, parenting issues, and relationship issues as well. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program. The shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and free podcast On iTunes. Uh, Again, our studio number 3104410555. Before I go to the first caller, uh, just a few announcements. This Saturday, April 14th, we are having our four-year anniversary for Radio Hamra at Dolby Theatre. Hope you'll be joining us. Tickets are still available. uh, Ticketmaster and also uh, Persian markets in the LA area, but you can also call the Radio Hamra offices for more information, but hope to see you guys there this saturday night very much looking forward to that Um, and also wanted to announce the book of the week for this week again it is me myself and my brain stem tumor by bayon azizi me myself and my brain stem tumor memoirs of a pediatric brain cancer survivor and as i mentioned on monday's show i was very saddened to hear the news that last week bayon the author of this book he passed away Uh, unfortunately. And so that's why I wanted to honor him uh, by sharing his book this week. And I'll be talking about our next week's show. I've read about 60 or so pages and it's to see already everything he's went through in just the the early stages of what I've seen is heartbreaking. And then of course, knowing that he has just passed definitely uh, leaves a heavy feeling with me when I'm reading it. But it's also very inspiring to see everything he overcame and the way he did that. So My condolences to uh, his whole family and everyone mourning his loss, Um, but I am happy that I'll be able to share his story on Monday of next week. Okay, let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air.
2: Hello.
1: Yes, hi. Hi, doctor.
2: How are
1: you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for calling.
2: Thank you so much for your program. Thank you. We learn
1: a lot. Thank you. It's my pleasure to get to do it. Thank you so much.
2: Uh, doctor, I have a daughter, she's 15 years old, and she's going to Trappist, and uh, last week we got a package from another state, and uh, we found out that this package is coming from a boy who is in another state and uh, sending some stuff uh, for my daughter. I asked mm-hmm. her uh, what is it and where does it come from, and she said, Mom, I'm going to Trappist, and my Trappist said, your parents don't need Know about your boyfriend, mm-hmm. so I got shocked, kind of, because uh, I didn't know that is it legal for therapists to tell a uh, 15 years old that your parents don't need to know anything about your friend.
1: Well, that, uh, it's comp you know this is a complicated issue, and I'm not a, a legal expert on everything, and even state to state, some of the laws can be a little bit different. But so. It's complicated for a few reasons. So I'll I'll say this. When I'm working with teenagers, when I meet with the parents first because I have to do the paperwork with them and just get the history and talk to them a bit, I let them know that although their child is a minor technically, I want to treat their client as much as possible like an adult, meaning how I'm going to honor their confidentiality and what we talk about. Because therapy is uh, one of the necessary components for therapy Is the confidentiality and that feeling of trust that I can tell you things and it's not going to affect my life or other people won't know about it but I do let them know that if something really concerning is coming up or if something dangerous or worrisome is happening in your child's life don't be worried I will let you know and in almost all likelihood I will talk to your child about talking to you so that you're aware but I don't want the child, your child to feel that behind your back, you and I are having conversations about everything that's being said. And I'm not saying this is the case with you, but sometimes uh, parents will bring their adolescents into therapy and think that, oh, good, the therapist will serve as a spy for me to tell me everything that's going on in his or her life, the things I don't know. And I let them know that that's not what you're signing up for. That's not what I want to do. No, No, that's
2: not my pet. No, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm just
1: giving more of a general, I want people to be aware of that. Now, she is a minor, so you can, it it is a little bit different. You can talk to a therapist and want to get information about what's going on. But I would say, make sure you don't create a battle between you and the therapist. And there's so many complexities, because we don't know exactly what the therapist said. The therapist might not have said, don't tell your parents, or you shouldn't tell them, or you don't. Have to. We don't know exactly what he or she said to your daughter, but maybe your daughter talked about it and, and she, you know, she said, What do you think you want to do? And she said, I don't want to tell them. And your daughter has the right not to tell you about anything going on in her life. And even
2: if she's uh, minor, 15.
1: I'm saying your daughter, I'm saying, has the right to not tell you about anything in her life. I mean, if she has friends, she doesn't have to come tell you, Me and my friends talked about this or this happened.
2: Right. But having boyfriend from online and
1: other that's a different issue. Sure. It might be dangerous to her. Well well depend I mean also yeah, you depends on the person's age and I understand you'd wanna know. I, I understand you wanna know about it. Um, but I'd make it less about a battle, especially I wouldn't get the therapist into a battle with you and your daughter and somehow create a triangulation because to me, if anything, it's good that your daughter is in therapy, we want her to get the benefits from it. And then, if you interfere in that way, you might take away something from her and not even achieve any goal. That, that's really important. But I would want you to think about: okay, how can I connect and communicate with my daughter so we can talk about this and see what's going on, and and see what's happening. I do. I'm concerned about who the guy is and how old he is and what's going on in that way. But um, I don't know. What What is your question, though? Specifically, that does the therapist have to tell you?
2: No, I was thinking maybe uh, it's better to go and talk to her to find out about this uh, issue. That uh, did she really tell her that uh, they don't need to know, or you shouldn't tell them what was going on that she told her, or maybe she just wanted to make her a little bit happy and feel comfort and comfort to maybe come next time too, something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe, but. It- how how long has your daughter been seeing this therapist? Uh,
2: since uh three weeks ago.
1: Okay, so it's very new. Um, it's, right. Yeah, I would. Yeah, so I would be patient with that, and I- I'm really trying to put myself in the therapist's shoes. And I don't think I would say you have to tell your parents about it. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't say that you have to tell them, because I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, Now, if she says, I want to travel to see this person or sneak away and go meet with them, then it gets a little more complicated, especially if they're in another state and, you know, it's far away and all of that. But um, a therapist is not going to, unless it's something, again, really dangerous, but is it potentially dangerous to start a relationship with someone? Yes. But if she's writing letters and emails and they're sending each other packages, there's no danger involved at this point.
2: No, but... we don't have that much information. I mean, I'm sure that she doesn't have that much in that much information about me
1: uh-huh.
2: either. So I don't
1: know. No, I, I can understand uh, your concern about it or wanting to know or obviously you, you want to get involved. But let's let's look at another aspect of this. What's your relationship like with your daughter?
2: Well, she's a teenager. So far, uh, I mean, since two years ago or maybe more. She has been tra- trying to get a little bit i mean more than a little bit distance from me and her daddy so i respect to that and i let her to have this distance from us and getting closer to her friends okay good and so so far she's not close to us at all
1: well i mean there's a difference between and you're right it's part of the natural development that children when they go into adolescence need to go through is that they get less close to their parents and closer to their peers. And this is what they need to go through in helping themselves form their identity and figuring out who they are. And I'm glad you're saying you're you're trying to let her do that and give her that space. That's good. Sure. Um, but, you know, to, for her to be completely distant, that's not nece- It doesn't have to be that way either. You guys can have a relationship and communicate while giving her space. So is your Communication with her very limited. Is there much you guys talk about? Does she come to you to talk about things, or is she fairly closed off from you and her dad?
2: No, she doesn't. She's not open up to us at all. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. She prefer to leave her alone. Even when she needs something, she comes to us and asks about maybe taking her somewhere, give her a ride, give her money, that's it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so I would focus on how you can build a relationship with her. And that doesn't mean she's going to tell you everything, but that you can get closer with her. And, and maybe you are. You can even ask her if there's anything you're doing that makes it harder for her to open up to you. Or you would have to ask yourself that too. Maybe when she talks, if you're being too judgmental or you're being too anxious about things, she's not going to tell you anything. And just in how you're talking, I understand her having a relationship is not every parent is going to have a response to that, but I do feel a, a sense of anxiety and a feeling of wanting to control when you're talking about her. And so the more you you do that, the more she's going to close off from you and tell you less. It, it happens right. a lot. The more we, sometimes the more we try to ask or especially try to get information out in a way where we're almost trying to get it out of them, the more they close off. And so it's about being curious and wanting to have a conversation, but trying not to be intrusive where they feel like you're asking too many questions or as soon as I give you any information, you have a big judgment about it and that makes me not want to tell you anything. So you know,
2: as long as she's safe, I will be
3: okay with that. Okay. Safety is safe for me.
1: Yeah, and that I think that makes sense. We want to make sure she's safe and okay, and it seems like she is. So again, I know you don't like the idea of her having an online boyfriend or boyfriend that's in another state. But rather than trying to get into this um, issue with the therapist and making it more of a, you know, me against you, I would say try to communicate with her and say, you know, I didn't know. And you could even tell her, you know, I hope you can understand as your mom... I know I want to respect your privacy and your space, but if I hear you have a boyfriend, I, I do want to know, and I'm going to have a curiosity to know, and whatever you want to tell me about him and what's going on, I would want to hear about it. And then you have to be ready that what she tells you, how you respond, is going to be very important, because if you react too much, if you judge too much, if you ask too many questions and make her feel like you're you know, grilling her, interrogating her... She's going to close off and be like, okay. See, this is why I don't tell you. So you want to try to be open to it and hear what she has to say. Not get too much into. But how do you know who he is? What's going on? And get too anxious about it. She's going to close off, and I would let her tell you more about what's going on.
2: Hmm. You mean I
1: have to wait until she comes to me? You. Well, I mean, you know. I mean, does she know you saw the package? What happened with that interaction?
2: Uh. Well, uh, I didn't give it to her. Uh. And she found it, and she said, uh, "You didn't tell me that uh, this package came." I said, "We need to talk about this package."
1: Well, I mean, but so that was, you know, so we had a bad start, because obviously you're trying to hide that from her and interfere with her relationship with this person, and I think that's not even right. I mean, someone sent her a package, and I think she had the right.
2: I kept it, so uh, I was looking for an opportunity to sit down and talk to her about the
1: package. I understand, but I mean, how long? How long was that? day. Okay, but it's okay. So it's not so long. But still, I think I think it would have been better if you, uh, you know, because she doesn't know. Maybe she thinks you just never wanted to give it to her, and we don't know. And that's that's going to be obviously starting on the wrong foot, where she thinks you're trying to hide things from her. So you have to realize she doesn't like how you responded there. Someone sent me a package, and you were hiding it from me. So hmm. we have to look at her perspective. Of course, she's not going to like that, right? Um, someone sent you a, a gift, and someone said I put it away. And, and may- she
2: doesn't have that logic to ask herself who is that person who is sending this package to me. I mean, she
3: doesn't
2: think. Lo- may- like we that. don't
1: know if she knows or does not We don't know how much she knows. Maybe they've been talking for a long time. I- I'm not saying she knows. It- it's and I wouldn't get into the logic, even the way you're, even how you're saying it to me. If you have this conversation with her, it- it's over. She's probably going to completely shut off from you and just hide more from you. Where's your? If you say, don't you have the logic to know someone shouldn't send you a gift? We don't even know what happened. Maybe they've been talking for a long time. Maybe he sent her something very sweet and nice. It's you know we don't know how to judge it. It's something horrible is happening. Um, but if you if you approach it that way, where's your logic? Uh, just be ready that she's going to shut down even more. And that's what I mean. There's a that's a very judgmental question. Okay. How
2: about if I go to counselor and talk to her and inform her about this? online friend maybe she can do something about it
1: But even in your what you're saying she can do something about it like there's some tragedy like that I has to her be
2: to make sure that she is safe that's it and remind her that safe
1: in any relationship safety is first Well of course and but I would hope that you can talk to your daughter about this over time but not in a way of again a lecture or trying to judge her for what she's doing but communicate with her if they're talking you know
2: that i'm gonna lecture and she's tired of my vote yeah well so... that's
1: something i you know I, I, it's a big thing i tell parents i was talking about on a monday night's show that you want to have a dialogue not a monologue you know a monologue is one mm. person talking dialogue is going back and forth so right. if you start talking to her about this issue and she doesn't say anything end the conversation and really it's not even a conversation it is a lecture it has to be a back and forth if she's not willing to have the back and forth Give it its space. Don't think I have to uh, make her understand about safety or make her understand about how the internet is this scary place or whatever you think you have to convince her of. I wouldn't get into that mode of lecturing her. And that's I'm glad you were able to acknowledge that because that's important. You said she's tired of me lecturing her. And that's one of the reasons she's not talking with you so much. If you yeah, lecture her, she doesn't She doesn't want... That's not a convert... How can she tell you about her day if you want to lecture her? And that's what some parents do. They say, tell me about your day. And they say, okay, let me tell you. And I got into an argument with this friend. And then the parent for two hours talks about friends and arguments and making new friends. And then the kid's like, okay, like I wanted to tell you about my day. But I said one thing and I got a one-hour response. I'm not going to tell you anymore. So make sure she's talking more than you. If you're talking more than her... That's not the kind of conversation we're going for. But I wouldn't okay. rush to something like I have to go to the therapist tomorrow and to have the therapist do this or have to go find out how I can get involved. Don't get, I wouldn't get too worried about this. I understand it's concerning that you don't know about the relationship. But again, there's not some, you know, she's not taking some large amount of drugs where you're worried her life is in danger. Okay, it's a okay. relationship that you don't know about and you're not sure what's going on. But as long as you know where she is and you're not worried about her running away or doing something like that, we're, we're okay. We don't have to get too um, worked up about it. So I would take your time and focus on the relationship with her and think more bigger picture than just how do we solve this issue. And especially because it sounds like for you, solve means ending this relationship with this boy, which I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to even do, or I wouldn't say she has to do that. So I, right. so you want ma- If if you have an agenda, that's another reason you and her are not going to be able to communicate about this. If she knows that all you want is for this to end, she's not going to talk to you about it. Because anything she says to you, she knows where you're trying to push the conversation, and this, the decision that she makes. So, um, I would be more focused on your relationship with her than the specifics of how to fix this. And even fix is something we don't know what it is in this situation.
2: Well, uh, in my experience, uh, I have seen that she responds to writing more than talking. How okay. about if I write a letter to her?
1: You could. The problem is if you write a letter, again, it, it could have that same feeling of a lecture because you write so many things that she might check out. So it, it, it's possible. Um, when you say she responds better to, to writing, how have you experienced that with her? In what ways? Uh,
2: she used to like a uh, journal and... Uh, She's good at uh, writing down her feeling
3: and her thought. So, well, that's Anytime her writing. That
2: she, has, um, she gets emotional, yeah. and uh, get stressed, she writes it down.
1: Sure, but you're talking about her writing, not necessarily her wanting to see your writing,
2: right?
1: So we right. don't know if she wants that or not. You know, so hmm. uh, we don't know if she wants to, to have that. So it, it, you have to be patient with this. I would say, you know, if you try to solve it, if you think you're going to solve it instantly, it's not going to happen. And it's also a bigger no. picture. It's not just about this boy and this issue. It's more of a, a bigger picture that you want to focus on your relationship with her. Right. So your
2: suggestion is just uh, be patient with her and... Uh, well, uh, be patient and on focus on... on yeah,
1: f- work on... And even if you do want to talk to her therapist in any way, I would say... it. If, again, I would want to respect her therapy. So maybe it's even you guys see a different therapist, but you want to improve your relationship with her, not you want the therapist to talk to her about something or figure out something or give you some information. If you want to, you need to focus on your relationship with your daughter more than anything else, more than any specifics. So if you want to talk to therapists, it would be it, do you think. Her, It would be a good idea. But also, like I said, I'd respect her space. So maybe you can find another therapist and tell your daughter, I want us to have a better relationship. I realize the ways I don't make it easy for you to talk to me and communicate, so I want to make that better. So make it about you, not her, being the issue, and then that's possible. But my suggestion is you focus on the relationship, not the specifics of this issue at this moment.
2: Right. Is there any book that you can... Tell me about the hmm. relationship with the uh, mother and maybe
1: daughter or kids. I'm sure there is there's Are not the one teenagers? I can think of off the top of my head. There's not one I can think of off the top of my head. Um but uh but um I, I just I would say I would say just uh see what you can do in your relationship with her. It's gonna take some time. Be patient. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's, uh, and uh, what about the book that it says, uh, 7 uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Yeah, that's a great people. book, Seven
1: Habits of Highly Effective People is a good book, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're trying to give her a book to read something to learn, you can read a book, but don't say you should read this book, it's going back, this is, now you're saying I want someone else to lecture you, you know, I mean, she has to want to read the book.
2: Right. What
3: about
2: her friends? One of her friends is really good with me. How about this? Hold on. Let's let's talk
1: about. I I want to. We'll finish this. I want to wrap up with you. So hold on. We'll talk after the break. Okay. I'm a little over a commercial break. Okay. All right. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Talakwi. We'll be right back. Back before the break, we were with the caller. Let's go back to her now. Mm. Caller, are you still there?
3: Yes,
2: sir. Okay.
1: We were talking about your 15-year-old daughter. You were worried about her, especially because she received a package um, from what appears to be a boyfriend that she has that lives in another state. But before the break, you had I think we were asking about her friends.
2: Yes, doctor. But before I go to that uh, issue, I forgot to ask you. She has a boyfriend at the school. Too. Is that okay if she has two boyfriends at the same time? Should I uh, warn her or should I tell
1: her something about that? I mean, that, well, I mean, so I mean, it's a, it's a complicated question. Is it, do I think it's a good idea to have two boyfriends at the same time? No. But um, is it your decision to make for her? Also, no. So, uh, you know, yes, I think it would be good for you to have conversations with her about these things, but to think I have to, I think she understands that having two boyfriends is not good in a moral sense. And she's trying to, you know, whatever she's figuring out, she's figuring out. But it's not for you to make that decision for her. I have an, no, I, I have don't a question. want to make a decision. Yeah. I
2: just want to tell I, her that this is not the right thing to do.
1: Well, sure. But I mean, if, if, if so you think she doesn't know that it's bad to have two boyfriends?
2: I guess she doesn't.
1: No, I don't, I wouldn't agree with that. People do things they don't necessarily they know are not right, but they're still doing them. Everyone who has an affair is not like, "Oh yeah, affairs are bad. Like someone needs to remind them. They already knew." Yeah. So,
2: it's, to me it's, it's kind of cheating on
1: uh, it somebody might be. Else. I'm not I'm not again, I'm not condoning or agreeing with the behavior of having two boyfriends, but I'm saying for you to think it's your place to have her stop or that you have to inform her of something is what i'm talking about. So it goes back No,
2: i just want to make her to think about it that uh, and get to this result that this is the right thing by herself.
1: Right, but you're saying i want to do something so she gets there by herself. You have to you can let her get there by herself. If she wants to have a conversation with you she can, but you have to focus on having better conversations with her better relationship with her. And then you guys can talk about these issues. But to think okay because for example if i told you it's wrong, now you can go talk to her and say this is wrong. I mean, she already knew it was wrong. So you you want to ha- your focus again is on your relationship with her, not that I have to tell her the right thing to do or that she shouldn't do this or she has to do this. No,
2: how about if I just tell her that? How do you feel if your boyfriend had another? But I,
1: But again, you're you're getting too much in a. To me, it's too starting off in a judgmental place. If you tell me you and her don't talk, you need to first focus on creating a relationship where you can have conversations with her. And then yeah that could be a good conversation to have what do you think what do you feel what's going on if she ever wants to have that with you you can let her know if you can tell her those things i'm just saying to think that's going to make the decision for her is probably no, not going to I don't work want to make a decision. but but i mean it's not it's also just going to push her away from you if she feels like she's being judged but by. But anyway,
2: it. somebody has to tell her. That's sure. No, I'm I not saying. Maybe I have to tell the therapist to guide her in this way. But again, but
1: see, her. but you know, I was talking, I said I felt some feelings of controlling, and I'm feeling it again. Now you're even saying I have to guide the therapist on how to do her job. The the therapist is.
2: No, the therapist guides my daughter.
1: I know, but I want to go tell the therapist or so the therapist guides. You're trying maybe to control.
2: The doesn't know anything about Maybe
1: her. not, and that's that's going to. And then they'll have to, you know. But it's not up to you to go disclose things to your daughter's therapist about your daughter that she doesn't want to tell the therapist yet. Again, so you're interfering with the process of therapy to come in and tell her something like that. Now, if the therapist, this
2: information doesn't help the therapist to better uh, to know my daughter better.
1: It might, but it also might interfere with your daughter's relationship with the therapist.
2: So I shouldn't tell her anything,
1: right? I think I would be I would not again like I wouldn't want you to play the role of informant to your daughter's therapist or to use your daughter's therapist as informant to you. Either way I don't I don't think that's good. Now if your daughter thinks it's good, I want us to communicate and I want you to come in and talk to the therapist. That's a different story, but your daughter should have the awareness and even some say in what's happening, not just you go and try to change the situation. So, no,
2: but the therapist told me after three sessions, she's going to talk to me. So should I okay. mention her anything about those?
1: You or can't, or? I mean, I would be, you know, you can, yeah, I mean, see what the therapist wants to talk to about with you you know maybe she wants to know some of your concerns what's going on tell me about what's happening and then you can you can tell her that's different so yeah and i think that's a good idea and most therapists will do that if they're working with kids or teenagers every so often meet with the parents also just to, to talk about things see how things are going get updates from the parents sometimes give the parents some feedback on what they can do to either make them relationship better or do things to help the kids so I'm glad the therapist is doing that so I would let the therapist also see what if she has something she wants to get from you but you can share those things with her but be very aware of not trying to tell the therapist in any way this is how what you should focus on with my daughter or um, you know work on this with her or work on that with her you have to let the therapist do her job which is to be your daughter's therapist and she wants to meet with you and you're just going to meet with her as the mother of her client to talk with what's going on and then let the therapist figure it out. But I would not try to get too involved in that.
2: Hmm. How about some issues that she might hide from the
1: therapist,
2: it's not telling her the truth?
1: That's po- that's possible. Way? I mean you can talk to the therapist and see um, what, what the therapist wants to say but I wouldn't want you to feel too much that I have to be the in- informant. You can say here are some things I'm concerned about and that's it. And your daughter's only seen her 3 times. Your daughter shouldn't tell her everything yet. It's too there's not even enough time to say everything. So, your daughter has to get comfortable. That's why you don't want your daughter to feel like, you know, maybe she's concerned about the therapist liking her or she wants to get comfortable with the therapist so she hasn't felt comfortable saying something yet. And she might not like if you're going and telling her these things. So also, I was talking about being patient with you and your daughter. You want to be patient with the therapy. Three sessions is you you haven't even started yet. You know, that's just scratching the surface. And especially with teenagers, it's so important to have a feeling of trust and connection with their therapist. And we want to give her that time. So don't try to get too involved. If she wants to meet with you, great. And then you talk to her. But don't think, oh, I have to make sure I say all these things because it's going to fix the therapy or help the therapy. You're going to do your part and let her know, and maybe even the therapist wants to tell you some things, but don't feel that pressure that you have to give her all this information, and that's going to help the therapy so much, or it's needed for the therapy.
3: Sure. Okay, doctor.
2: Okay, so
1: remember, focus on the relationship. That's the most important thing.
2: Yes, doctor. And I was uh, asking you that uh, a friend of her is very close to me, and we have a good relationship. Should I ask her to read this book uh, together?
1: No, I I would, I mean, if you want. I mean, that book is not, you know, it's a good book. I don't know if it's necessarily a great book even for them to read it. I, I would like it for anyone to read that book. It's a good book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I think there's one he has for teens, but... Again, I feel like you're trying to get too involved. Okay, I'm going to get the friend now involved. You're trying to find different ways. You have to focus on you connecting with your daughter, not some indirect way. Not, I'm going to get through the friend and the friend's going to get to her and then that's going to somehow get back to me or I'm going to get to the friend what I want to get to my daughter. Then my daughter's going to change based on that. You, Your direct relationship with her is the one you need to focus on and that'll take time to work on, but you can. And I would focus there rather than anything else.
2: Okay, can you
1: please tell me at least three ways that I can get closer to her and work on relationships? Okay, well, one is you have to, like I said, if you have conversations with her, make make sure they're conversations. If you're talking more than her, stop. That's not a conversation, that's a lecture, and we don't want to do that. The second very important thing is when she does tell you things, to not respond in a judgmental way. So if she says... Oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm talking to this guy Say, isn't it so wrong to have two boyfriends at the same time? That's going to have a reaction. So try to understand what's going on first. So you want to understand before you want to tell her something. So, again, even when you're listening to her, it's more about understanding than I have to fix something or give her the the judgment that that something is going on or something's happening. And I don't know... So overall, and I know he's asked for three things, but it's really those shifts are going to be important that you try to see things from her perspective, not your own, and that your job as a mom isn't to fix your daughter's problems, to teach her something really significant, to change her life or the way she views the world. You're supposed to just have a relationship with her where she can count on you. She can talk to you. She can trust you. She feels like you won't judge her and focus again on that part than anything else. And when it comes to her therapy, I would be involved as much as a therapist wants you involved but not more than that
2: okay okay doctor
1: okay it was nice talking to you good luck
2: thank you so much i appreciate it sure
1: take care bye bye. all right you're listening to in session with dr farid alakawi we'll be right back Back, let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air.
0: Hello, Doctor. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure, thanks for thank calling you for everything you do.
1: Thank you, my really pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Um, I'm having a hard time dealing with my son's uh, divorce. Okay. And in a way, I feel like he thinks I may have had part in this. Hmm. Um so I
1: don't know how to deal with it. Okay,
0: well let's. And also, the divorce has opened some old wounds mm-hmm. for, I guess, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I need
1: to go over that as well. Sure, sure. Uh, and obviously, I can tell it's not easy for you to, to talk about it. Um, but it might be but good for yeah. me. That's okay. Uh, you know, we'll have to take. We'll take our time with it. But I want to get an idea of. What's going on? So tell me a little bit about the generals. Like, how old is your son? He
0: uh, He's 37. He actually called and talked to you about six weeks ago. Okay. I don't know if you remember.
1: I'm, but, I mean, um, if you give me some of the... I'm sure if you give me more details, yes. I'll remember. But either way, we'll kind of try to treat it as if In, it's new, since people listening might not have remembered, and I might not remember the right, details.
0: right. He's 37, Uh, they've been together for 16 years, married 11 years, Mm -hmm. and um, they created a beautiful family with two children, Mm -hmm. but now all of a sudden, a few months ago, we found out um, they've been having issues for the last couple of years, and at that time, he was just telling us we're having problems, and then all of a sudden... A um, couple months later, he comes and he says, We're getting a divorce.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, everybody, anybody, every, the entire family, and anybody who knows them were all in shock.
1: Hmm. Well, you know, so, the, the shock part, I mean, I, I understand that m- made it harder for you guys to hear but you know we never really know what a relationship is like within the doors of the home and even deeper than Correct. that within each individual what they're going through so I, I hear so many stories of people saying oh we were the everyone thought we were like the perfect couple or the perfect family exactly. you hear a lot of that and people say well then why did they get divorced but we never know what's going on inside a relationship and within each person and you know that what they're experiencing but anyway so it was a shock to you and the family um Okay, and and so what makes you're you're saying he in some ways blames you for it?
0: I I have a feeling he does. When he when he told me that they were having issues, um, the the main thing that stuck to my mind, and the only thing that he kind of said was that one of her issues was was that why doesn't he stand up? his family why doesn't he stand up to me you know his mom and he was stuck in between and he wished he had you know taken her side and never took her side and was, was trying to be respectful to us whereas i've never i mean i could be wrong But I've always supported her. I've always loved her. And I've never gotten involved in anything they do. Um, The only thing that I can think of is that, for example, when they come over, you know, I tell my grandson, for example, um, I don't want you to be on the phone. He's seven, you know, playing on the whatever the ipad or anything he tells them i don't want to be on that we're going to have family time you know put that away and they get offended because i told them that even though they have been telling him grandma's house grandma's rules but -hmm. when i tell him something like that they get upset so i try not to sometimes i can't control i mean basic things like this It's not like I'm I'm telling him, don't ever do it. It's just, you know, you're at my house. I would love to spend time with you. Things like that.
1: Okay. My guess is there's got to be more going on than just that.
0: Right. But I don't, they don't tell me. And I don't, I mean, it's been probably two years. I haven't even been in their house.
1: Okay. Is that for some reason? Did something happen?
0: Oh well, no, I didn't know. Now we're finding out it's because they were having issues. <laughs> they were having problems. So. Oh, okay. So it wasn't anything yeah. about them
1: not wanting you there. It was that they were having problems and no, didn't want... No. okay. no, yes. Okay. No, it's not that they
0: didn't want us there. It's just we thought they were busy. Oh, they're busy. They have two kids. They're busy. They're busy. They're busy. Mm-hmm. And then now we're finding okay. out these things. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I think you, you you probably will need to talk to your son more to understand what he means because it seems like you're unsure of what he's talking about as far as him taking your side or you somehow being against his wife Uh, and and, i mean it seems like at least you understand that yeah it makes sense that he would take his side and should or her side and should um, but you're not sure when that even came up or when that happened okay so and
0: that's exactly when he told me that's exactly what i told him i said no you always take your wife's side you Family is family. Your mom will always be there for you, no matter what, but you always take your, fam- your wife's side, your kids' side. Mm-hmm. You tell me what's wrong, and that's, that's when he started crying, and he said, yeah, I should have done it. Hmm. But he had no examples of, I mean, he never mentioned, he never told me anything about, you know, what have I done? have
1: caused this well we might need to talk some more you know you'll need to talk some more with him it's possible that maybe you weren't even aware that he was doing things that he thought would make you or make your you and the family happy that she didn't like that you might not be aware of so it might not have been direct conflict but there could have been indirect ways that you were for example wanting something and he would have to feel stuck between him and his wife, but there was never an explicit conflict that you were aware of. And he was trying to manage it on his own. Uh, so my guess is there's more going on than what you know of and just, yeah, his kids coming over or their kids coming over. I can get that. It's nice to let the parents parent, but you can say this is grandma's rules. I'd like for us to have that doesn't seem to me like the cause of a divorce or the cause of her thinking. And even your the way you described it, she was on board with that. She didn't think, no, the kids should be on their phone and you said they shouldn't. It seems like you're right. saying it was pretty pretty okay. So there must be more going on, um, and I wouldn't take on the responsibility for your son's divorce just yet. It seems like there's a lot going on. But you've said other issues have come up or it's brought up other issues. Um, so
0: we are divorced.
1: Our, his, his parents, parents yeah. Uh-huh.
0: We are divorced. Mm-hmm divorced um, for 20 something years 24 or 5 years maybe 6 years mm-hmm. um, I well I have another question for you but um, our divorce was I actually left mm-hmm. I just it got to a point where I just got up and left and then and when i left we were living in another state um, when i left he took the kids and moved back to our home state so when i came back like two months later when i came back i went overseas when i came back um he wouldn't let me talk to the kids he it would he it would, it would let me talk to him for as long as he wanted to but wouldn't let me talk to the kids he says either come back, you know, home or I've talked to psychologists and stuff and they told me if the kids don't see their mom
1: then you shouldn't let them talk to the kids. So, so this so, is uh, this is your you're talking about your ex husband. My
0: ex husband, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, so how long were you away from the home?
0: The first time it was only three two, three months. It was just during the summertime. But then when I came back, he wouldn't let me talk to the kids, and I wasn't willing to go home, to go back home. So we were far apart for about four years. But during the four years, I did go back and visit the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, they were obviously much younger. I think my son was seven or eight years old, seven years old. My youngest was only two, three. Yeah. Um. So eventually we got it like a year later, two years later, he ended up filing for a divorce and we got a divorce. Eventually I came back and he was he was an amazing father, took care of the kids. No issues. I came back and, you know, we had um, joint custody. So the kids were with both of us and everything and everything seemed to be okay. But now that my son is going through the divorce, I'm hearing from my daughters that, you know, there are a lot of other issues behind that.
1: Well, I mean, you know, what with, you're describing this, you know, you being away that much, that's that, that's a big issue. That's going to definitely create right. issues of you know, abandonment for your kids and right. a lot of hurt and damage. That's, that's a trauma that they were dealing with, with you being gone and We can maybe get more into the details of what was going on and why that happened, but that was pretty, you know, so even at the end, you kind of, I felt that you were saying that it wasn't so bad, but this was really bad and had a huge, huge effect and continues. So you might be right that some of what he's going through now, or when he's so upset with you, it's this past hurt and anger he has towards you that now is coming up. Yeah. So there, there is definitely a lot g- going on and, and there's a lot for you and him to work out. And even for yourself, I think, I, I feel a, the, the tears you're crying, they're sadness, but they're mixed with guilt also. And um, that, that's, you know, something that has to be, to be worked on. And you and him have to have a lot of conversations and do a lot of work. You know, we're at a commercial break, but I definitely want to continue with you. So just hang on the line and we'll talk some more. Okay. Thank you. Sure. All right, you're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delock. We will be right back. Welcome back. Before the break, we're with the caller. Let's go back to her now. Caller, are you still there? Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the story you were saying was very complex. You talked about your son's divorce. And now even when I think about it, the way you cried, and I'm sure there's a lot of emotions you have, but it does seem like they are old tears also. It's not just about his divorce that I think a lot of things are coming up and you brought up your divorce from his father and also some time where you spent away from the family, um, that I'm sure has left an impact too. So, yeah. during the break, was there anything that you thought about, or that you wanted to share more about the story that you haven't told me yet? Um,
0: well, about my divorce, I did have another question for you. Okay. I don't know. Um, my kids kind of—they kind of have an idea why I left or why you know we got a divorce, but they don't know the specifics. And I don't know if I should tell them why I just got up and left or not.
3: Hmm.
0: Because in in my mind, they already think of me as the bad guy. And that was my intention when I left. I thought, okay, let them think they have one good parent and they had one bad one. Hmm. So that's what. But I don't know if I should tell them this or not.
1: Well. Uh, I, I don't know what the reasons are, and if you want, you can share them. Or if you, you, know, would you like to share what the reasons were that you left?
0: <laughs> I'm afraid they're listening. I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs>
1: that's why I that's why I said it um, that way because I had a feeling you might be concerned about them hearing it. So, what are you comfortable with, or you or you think you'd like to not share it?
0: No, I'm. I'm. I mean, I don't mind sharing it. Okay. Um, it was. It was. A, our marriage was arranged, even though. We thought we knew each other. We should have never been together. Two totally different people. I was I was way too young. I had no idea what to do. It wasn't even my decision. It was my parents' decision and his family's decision for me to marry him. So I was young. I wasn't mature enough. I had no idea what he expected. So I just I was just lost the entire. Time that we were married, I had no clue what his expect- expectations was from me. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of issues, a lot of problems. He had um, temper issues. And finally, it got to a point where my baby's first words were Boba Nazat. And that was it. I mean, when I heard that, I thought, that's it. I'm not going to stay in this so he was anymore. he was
1: physically abusive. Uh, yes. Okay. So you know it was a difficult situation, <laughs> and and I, did you I, did you feel that he was willing to work? I, I'm assuming you didn't think he was willing to work on the marriage.
0: He the entire time, even today. This this has been so many years. Even today, he still said he loves me.
1: Well, I mean, in a way I can maybe believe that, but people sometimes don't know. They think that is love, that love includes that, or that's how you are in a relationship. You know, I think you leaving, I don't want to say it was the right or wrong thing. It's so complicated, but I do want you to realize the impact it has on your kids is that you abandoned them. That's how they see it. And so as much as, you know, you said I did it so they think at least they have one good parent, uh, well then if you want to accept that then you have to accept that they think of you as the bad parent but i don't know if that's that's really the right thing to do i would rather you have a you know you could talk to them now that they're older but i wouldn't i would i would more i would start the conversation as an apology for leaving them which maybe you've already done but even still i would open the conversation that way that it's more about you apologizing for what happened. Because if you start with the why, it kind of seems like you're just making a justification. But if you want them to know right. I'm really sorry, I know this hurt you guys and I can't imagine what you guys had to go through and focus on that. And I and I wanna give you guys more understanding of what happened because you were too young then and but now you're old enough for me to tell you and then explain to them the situation. Um that that would I think that would be a good idea because they're old enough now to know and it could help be a process of repairing the wounds that are there. And I'm sure with your, you said daughters. I, so I don't know how many kids you have, but, um, Three. yeah. So especially with your son that you brought up, so yeah. you, you'd be a big part there. And I think your son, he probably has issues related. He could even have issues related to women because of what happened because of you leaving. Um, maybe i can't remember if he was the one that was a very i was telling him he was a very nice guy was he was it that yeah. call yeah, yeah. Um, um
0: happy wife happy life yes
1: exactly yes i remember that yeah. and actually it was you know to be honest because of him it was a book i wanted to bring up at the no more mr nice guy i think the next week or the week after i made it the book of the week because it was i thought uh, it related to him and it was something we, Oh, really? Yeah, that was the, right after I... I think I even mentioned that it was because of our call. I can't remember. But anyway. Um, oh, wow. But nonetheless, uh, you know, this idea...
0: Oh, just so you know, I'm sorry. No. He, the thing that bothers me, and, you know, this is what it is, he totally missed your point and missed the point of the book and everything, and he's still blaming himself. And he thinks he was the one who
1: caused the failure in the marriage. Huh. Well, I mean, I'm. Well, I don't want to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. That that sounds. I'm sure he's mad at her too. Well, he's in a way he's blaming you too. So it's probably a lot of things um, going right. on. But you know, maybe he did miss it. I don't know exactly what he. Uh, what his conclusion was from reading that book or even our conversation. But you have to be aware that part of maybe what he experienced with you contributed to that, you know, him feeling like maybe if I was a better boy, mom would have stayed or something, you know, along those lines, or somehow I could have fixed things, you know, it's complicated, but there's probably a lot of things that happened. So it's not about blaming you. Cause I wouldn't say you're, I don't believe that you're the cause for their divorce from what you've described so far. Um, I think, you know, and I remember talking to him and him taking more responsibility even for himself and his life is important, but you're responsible for your relationship with him and the damage that has been caused, maybe, you know, a lot of it 30 years ago, starting 30 years ago or more, that I think it is important to talk about and work through. And it's too late to change the past, but it's not too late to repair relationships and to try to create something better. So... I would I would I would definitely talk to him about that and I think yes it is good to tell your kids more so they understand what you were going through again not as excuses not as saying um, you shouldn't be hurt by it or any of those kinds of things but more so they can understand you and because maybe to them it just seemed like you just left and I'm sure that's how they feel right. that you just didn't care and went I, I don't know if it was the right thing to do to get that far away, I don't. It seems like you went far away. That that part, I'm not sure. Yeah. What made you go so far away? Um,
0: it was the decision was either committing suicide or just leaving, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't commit suicide. I just loved my kids too much. I couldn't commit suicide. So, um, but where I went. My life wasn't safe either, so in my mind, I thought I'm not committing suicide. But if I get killed, that's okay.
1: Where? Why, what do you mean? Your life was not safe.
0: I was in an unsafe area overseas, and I don't want to go into details. That's fine. No, you don't
1: have to go into details. <laughs> but what made you yeah. choose to go to an unsafe area?
0: Um, an opportunity came up, okay. and I took it
1: okay well i mean you know your kids are probably going to wonder why you didn't stay close and i i would have that same question that why you didn't stay close to them um why did you go so far away so
0: for one thing i was afraid he was gonna come after me he was gonna because i knew and i and i was weak enough that i would have gone back (laughs) i was too young and i i had no idea what to do and i could not go to my family or anybody either so at that time in my mind that was the best decision to make. Mm-hmm. Even well though I get it. you felt it very stuck, yeah,
1: hand. right now I get yeah. that you felt very stuck um, and that that's you know and it seems and domestic violence is a very complicated issue people will sometimes hear stories of domestic violence and think oh she should just leave or if she's staying that means she wants it or she doesn't mind getting treated that way but it's much right. more complex than that and I don't know all the details and we won't have to get it, get into them about because it seems like you're saying you really felt your life was in danger um, and the kids seeing that is not good for them either you know, even that's a reason for kids to get removed out of a home if they're observing or witnessing de- uh, domestic violence that is okay. actually child abuse. So um, it was a tough situation, but I think definitely it's been long overdue to talk about it. And of course, with your son, you have to realize that he's going through so much with his own divorce he might right. want to talk about it or he might need some space. So I want you to be aware of that too, to not force that on him. But I, I think it's a good idea to let him know you want to talk awesome. about this situation and with all your kids. Maybe you, you know, you decide how you want to handle that. If it's going to be one at a time or all together. Um, but I think yeah. it's good for them to know cause that those are some scars that are still there. And hopefully we can, you can do some healing and not only heal them and the relationship, but obviously you're carrying a burden yourself. Yeah, so I, I would think about doing that. But especially with your son, try to understand more what's going on when he says he blames you. My my guess is, you know, the way you describe your home, if there was domestic violence and there, you leaving and all the things that happened, he probably learned to hold in a lot. And, I, of course, I remember talking to him, but just you telling me more of the story, he probably learned that he, he shouldn't complain or make any issues or avoid conflicts. But unfortunately, maybe that was not helpful in his marriage either. And so... He sure. might be blaming you because he avoided conflict, thinking, okay, this is going to make my mom happy, so let me do that, and I want to make my wife happy, and he felt in between. But there could be more that you haven't told me. Maybe he's actually saying, no, mom, you did this and you did that, and you might not be aware of some of how you affected the relationship, and you will have to be open to that, too, to talk to him some right. more and let him share. No, he's
0: never he's never mentioned
1: anything. Okay, but there he probably is more...
0: I wish he did, but...
1: Yeah. Well, my guess is there's more to the story than what you know, and it's going to take some time, time to get there and and hear the whole story. But hopefully you can give him that, you know, um, that space to talk about. And I think the biggest thing for me is talking about what you how you affected them and going back and talking to them about that whole situation, because that's important. Because, again, the tears you're crying are old. They're not just new tears. They're old tears, too.
0: That's right. I mean, many times it has come up mostly with my daughters, you know, joking or serious, oh, mom, you left
1: us, you didn't care for us, you know, Mm -hmm. joking. But hold I I mean, but as you know, there's there's truth to joke. Yes. yes. absolutely. And I n- told totally right. And there's it. truth to jokes, and also, uh, jokes are a lot of times a good way to bring up a topic that's uncomfortable to bring about, or express a feeling that we don't feel comfortable bringing up. So they feel that at some level, they that's a yeah. a joke that's reflecting a very deep wound, and so um, they, you guys all deserve to have these conversations about it. You know, to help make you the relationships better, for them to feel better um and they're gonna to have to do a lot of work in healing on it too but like i said they're gonna somehow internalize this feeling that you left because they weren't good enough unfortunately that message was given to them and i know you yes. felt stuck but we have to be aware of the, the consequences of what happened and can't change the past but now it's time to work on the relationships to try to repair those wounds and improve those relationships okay it all
0: makes thank you i really appreciate it oh. i do have another question how um how do we help my son to get through
1: this well that in, we, i mean do
0: we do anything well what you mean you're,
1: we always we gonna how we you're always going to be there for him you're always going to obviously be there for him and give him love and support and care that i'm sure you're yes. doing um yes. but you know he's gonna to have to go through a lot and himself, and you want to focus on the parts about you and him. You can definitely help him with that by talking to him, and and helping in that way. But just you have to be there supportive. Ask him what he needs of you more than try to figure it out. I would definitely say that we want to see what the person wants from us, rather than try to figure it out for them um he has a lot of anger towards you it seems like or at least he feels upset with you that he thinks in some way you're responsible or helped cause this divorce so be ready for that that he might be reactionary towards you or have a lot of anger so you have to be ready for that too but you just it's you know it's asking what he needs support Sometimes he might just need you to hear him out you don't have to give him don't actually in one thing to keep my not think you have to do too much sometimes we think we have to give the the great advice or he's sad we have to make him feel better he, he has to be sad for a while you know he's going through a divorce yeah. after 11 year marriage him. he's going to be down and so if we try to fix his feelings we're going to be hurting him more than helping him get through this so i would be aware of that possibility that you might feel that pressure especially since you have some guilt about one, the divorce that he's given you, but two, even from the past, you might feel even more of a pressure that I need to fix his feelings and you definitely want to make sure you don't go there. So you want to be there, support him and all of that, but your job isn't to fix his feelings or make him feel good um, or, you know, cause he's going to be down for a while.
3: Oh. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Nice talking okay. to you. Good luck with all that. It's going to be a process, but I hope you can get that yeah. started and, and help you and your kids with all that.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You My have pleasure. a great
1: day. Oh, thank you. Nice talking to you too. Take care. You too. Bye bye. All right. Reach our next commercial break. Studio number 3104410555. We'll be right back. Studio number three one zero four four one zero five five five. Let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air.
4: Doctor Holakui. Yes, hi, hi.
1: thanks for calling.
4: Hi. Thank you for your wonderful program. Uh,
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
4: I I have a sixteen years old son and he's very athletic. He looks very strong. He's he's a very good boy. But he has a phobia of a spider and lizard and two nights ago we had the patio door open and one of the lizards came inside of the home and he was screaming and that's so embarrassing for a 16 years old and i am worried for his future are Are you holiday. embarrassed or
1: he's embarrassed
4: <laughs> he's embarrassed too okay. both of us okay and the reason the, 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 i think he knows that's what he tells me that's what comes from when he was eight years old and he was in a summer camp, they had an experiment, and all of a sudden, without noticing them, they put a spider in, the, in his hand. And
3: oh, like since a,
4: uh-huh. then, he has that phobia, and he, even the little, little spider in his room, he's not going to go to the room.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so one, you know, some things, already in the way you talk about it, there's a way that you... Um, like I said, even the way you said embarrassing and the way you mentioned how little the things are and how he shouldn't, he's, he looks strong, even you said, almost in a way implying that he looks strong, but he's weak. You make it seem like you're judging him a lot about having this phobia and that he's no, scared No, I'm of. not
4: judging him. I'm just worried for his future because then, even with his friend, I don't know if they laugh at him or not. He's, he's gonna because I'm not with him. Yeah, you know, I'm just worried for him and his future. He's gonna have a children, and if he does that in front of his children, what's gonna but, happen? But I mean, I... we're
1: talking about so you know don't that's why I mean you're making it too. Phobias are common; people have them, and um, there's definitely treatments for phobias. That's the good news. It's actually one of the psychological issues that has um the easiest types of treatment or it's more straightforward so he can get help. Have you guys ever thought about or have you talked to him about therapy before?
4: And, and no, I haven't. Actually, since the two nights ago this happened, I was t- thinking about finding a like survival camp and stuff like that. And I, I don't know if that helps It, it uh, could.
1: I am not against that. You know if he want, again he has to want to do it. I don't know what you mean by survival camp, but like a wilderness camp or something but he has to want it if he feels forced by it you might actually make his phobia worse no he
4: doesn't he doesn't want to do it
1: no. okay so then i wouldn't i wouldn't um force him to do that but okay. the good thing about pho- like i was saying a phobia can be dealt with and by definition a phobia is irrational meaning that he knows the lizard can't hurt him you know a tiny spider you can tell him oh you know it can't hurt you but that's not the thing it's the phobia is that it's a fear response that's Greater than what would be expected, and the person themselves knows. Like you can tell him, you know, those spiders, it can't even do anything. Even if it tried to bite you, nothing would happen. He understands, but he has that fear. And so the reason I say that is so you don't try to convince him that he shouldn't be afraid. A phobia is deeper than that. It's deeper than if you explain to him, he's going to understand and it'll change okay. his mind. Okay, so we want to get, get get away from that type of an approach. But you know a few times I've already heard you laugh about it or in a way in, it feels, that's why I bet my judgmental that you, um, or even you use the word embarrassing, but he's afraid of this. And so I want you to approach it more in a way of understanding that although yes, nothing can happen, but imagine what your son goes through for him. It feels like life or death. Like he's that afraid when it happens mm-hmm. and it's a reaction. He's not trying to do it. It's not in his conscious control. It's a reaction. And so you have to be careful not to give him that feeling that he should be, you were saying himself, he's going to be embarrassed or it's embarrassing. He's going to be embarrassed in front of his kids. You keep bringing that word of embarrassment up, but you have to be aware that you're not making him feel more embarrassed about this and making him feel bad about it.
4: Laughs about it when we talk about it. He laughs about it. He's not. He's not even unhappy about this fear. And I
1: doubt. I doubt that's true. But I think the way you make it seem like it's funny and silly, he thinks he has to join with you. I don't think he yeah. likes that feeling of being terrified. And he probably doesn't tell you some of the times he's scared, but nothing happens. Like he's maybe in his room and he thinks there's a spider, but there isn't. And he freaks out or he's worried about there being spiders so he doesn't fall asleep. But I think the way I hear you talking about it, I would imagine it's not easy for him to talk to you about it without feeling like you might laugh. So maybe he thinks he has to laugh about it because you think it's funny, but not because he thinks it's funny. I don't think he thinks it's funny at all. Probably. How is his dad uh, involved at all about this? Do you, does he talk to him about this?
4: Yeah, his dad even told him I I am willing to come with you to the any if there is a survival camp and and he said you have to put a gun behind my head to take me to the Okay, survival so then stuff. let's not
1: let's not do that. Let, let's focus on but what I would say is, you know, survival camp can be helpful, but why not go directly to therapy that's focused on the phobia you know the survival camp might give that solution that we're looking for but why not try to help him in a way that we know can help him and so what's going to have to happen is when you talk to him about this you're going to have to make him more comfortable to talk about the pain he's dealing with with this that he doesn't feel good, or it's so scary when you know this happens. It's not a good feeling. You know, you said a gun to his head, you have to imagine that almost when he sees that lizard, it feels like a gun is to his head. It's that strong of a response, and that's yeah. not funny. That's really serious and sad and scary. It's a really bad feeling that he is experiencing. And so, mm-hmm. I want you to try to recognize that first yourself. And then realize that when you talk to him, you want to talk to him with that mindset. So we don't want to talk okay. about it as a joke or that it's okay. silly or stupid or funny or embarrassing or anything else. We want to make it a, a serious conversation at some point And in that conversation, make him realize that you know that this is painful and let him tell you about how painful it is and how okay. difficult it is for him to deal with this. And then hopefully through that conversation he gets to a point where he says he does want to get help with it and the help would have to be in the form of therapy and you also want to make sure this is when you get to that point that you find a therapist who focuses on and is uh, an expert in dealing with phobias because Mm -hmm. you want someone who has that experience and is going to help him through that process that's very very important so um I would make sure you take it seriously, and you make sure he doesn't feel like it's funny. And I really don't think he, he thinks it is. I think he's, he's, he's very scared of it.
4: Okay. And do you think if he doesn't get help about this, is, is it going to be a problem for him in future?
1: Well, I mean, the problem, you know, it is, he can, people, lots of people have phobias and live a very normal life you know, it's, it's maybe they, they might not like it. It's up to them if they want to change it. And it depends on how severe the phobia is and how often the thing they're phobic of is going to come up in their life. So if you're, uh, have a fear of elevators and you work on the 80th floor of a high rise, maybe every day you're going to have to deal with this phobia, or you're going to have to take 80 flights of stairs or, or something like that. But if he has a fear of lizards and he moves to somewhere where there's no lizards, he might not really have to worry too much about it or it might not affect his life too much spiders yeah in most homes you're going to come across spiders sometimes and that that happens but the important thing is if he wants he has to want to make the change or he has to feel that it's hurting him enough but I feel that the way you guys talk about it doesn't let him express how much it does hurt him or bother him and so I would recommend changing the way you talk to him about it in a way that it's not it's not funny. It's, you know, and not that you make him feel bad. So I don't want you to judge him when I say mm-hmm. make it not funny, but that we're, you know, in a way it's saying your scared feelings. your feeling really bad is something funny are we don't want him to feel that way. If he's sad, I don't want him to think we think it's funny. And if he's scared or mad, I don't want to think it's funny either. It's always something important and we want to make sure he feels that. So. Uh, I would be aware of that mindset in other ways you talk to him too. Do I sometimes talk about feelings like there's something funny or silly or not that serious? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, sure. So make sure he wants to, you know, you connect with him where he's hurting and you try to help him recognize that he needs the help. And he won't do that until he realizes you take it seriously. So I, I know you said he laughs about it, but I really want to urge that point or emphasize that you point. You right.
4: Down. We all laugh He's his oh, we, we laugh about it, but you're right. We have never talked about it seriously. Yeah. I yeah.
1: It. yeah. So I would make sure we you know, you talk about it seriously. And then be ready that when he does go to the therapy, I wouldn't start off by telling him this but basically he's going to have to get exposed to what he's afraid of but in a safe environment with a professional who knows how to help him through okay. it and then eventually he'll get over that fear because the only way we get over something we're afraid of is by facing it and unfortunately sure. when someone's afraid of something the, the thing they want to do is run away or avoid what they're afraid of but the only way we get over it is if we face it so be ready for that too that if and when you guys start therapy he might show resistance because he's going to be afraid or he's going to want to not have to face the fear. So he might get uncomfortable and say, you know what, mom, I don't need to go. It's not a big deal. I can deal with it. And I don't want to say force him to go, but have that conversation with him about how you get that it's scary, you know that it's not easy, but try to encourage him towards going because that's going to be a natural response he's going to have. Oh,
2: thank you so much. Sure, for sure. My have...
1: pleasure. Thanks thank for calling. You. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, so that's an issue that comes up a lot, how to deal with our kids when they're having an issue. And as I always say, we want to connect with them at the pain, at the hurt they have related to what they're dealing with. And to start off, we have to make sure we show them that what they're dealing with is serious to us. We validate the pain and the concern and what they are going through. And then hopefully through that, get them to realize that, yes, I do want help. I want to make this better, and let's see what we can do. And as I just mentioned with her, even not just with phobias, but in therapy in general, very often you'll have a resistance because we don't want to face the problem or the issue because it's it's scary to deal with or it's painful to deal with. And we could need some encouragement at times to keep us focused on that treatment and keep us going towards that goal, which is hopefully to reduce that suffering and that pain we're dealing with. All right, going into our last Commercial break. Studio number three one zero four four one zero five five five. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fatty Delacouy. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to another caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Yes, hi, you're on the air.
5: Okay, um I don't know why the voice is echoing. Let me uh, let me turn off my radio. Please. Yes, oh
1: yeah, please turn off the radio, yeah.
5: Hold on one moment, please. Okay. Hi. Hi. I'm sorry. That's all right, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I had a question regarding their relationship um, problems that um, most of our um, Iranian community face with um, their in-laws, not just mm-hmm. me. <laughs> um, just for, um, for the sake of um, the bride stealing their golden child or owning their golden child in the family.
1: You're saying the and, bride um, getting the golden child from the, the male, like getting the golden male. It, okay.
5: Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, and um, it's it's really um, affecting um, on everything in my life right now. Um, I um, as of um, I'm a big fan of your dad and um, yourself as well. Um, and as of I following him, following your dad, the um, the toxic relationship um, should be um, skipped from our life and mm-hmm. um, just for uh, for no reason um, i cannot find any reason that they be um, against me or doesn't like me um, although they they were um, before very much um, and like they had a great wish that i'd be their um, their bride you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. the family um, and right now, um, I cannot really handle um, this situation. The relationship is almost um, gone uh, between me and my in-laws, and um, my husband doesn't uh, doesn't show that he cares. But I can see the, how much he cares, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I cannot um, I cannot think um, in a way that. I should just wipe it out because I don't feel any respect, I don't feel any... Um, I, I really feel in, um, intimidating in the relationship that I have with my mother-in-law. She really doesn't uh, respect and, or doesn't value um, um, m- me in general. Um, so I mean, you, yeah,
1: you're bringing up your mother-in-law a lot, but the the most important thing is you and your husband and how you feel he's handling it.
5: Yes, yes, and he doesn't know about that. He really doesn't know about that.
1: Why? What? What? Why doesn't he know, or what doesn't he know?
5: He he's he's not aware of this situation. Why not? Um, um he he pretends that way, actually. I don't know. Maybe he is, but. He doesn't, I I think he doesn't know, the way that he, the way that um, he gets manipulated, I can say, is very tricky that he doesn't, no one can observe, you know what I mean? Hmm.
1: Well, I'm not sure, you know, it seems still confusing how you're explaining it, but you have to make it very clear to him that this is what's going, this is what I'm experiencing, this is what's going on. And we would hope that he takes, not take sides as in it should be you against them in some way, but that you are his wife and that would be the priority. But um it seems like it's complicated what's going on. You're saying he he doesn't see what you see. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you say, for example, so what is your issue with his mom? Um
5: um, it's a lot. I cannot. Um, I cannot really examine her right now. It's a lot, and it's very complicated. It's, um, it's built up during the years. You know, during the past few years. I can't say four or five years. Past few five years, um, that she was expecting us um, handling and supporting a family member who was from them uh, to move up here, m- um, move to this to the United States and despite our our like um my actually um um I was telling them that we are supporting in a way that we can. Mm-hmm. That we are able. I cannot I cannot have him as of my adopted child or you know what I mean? Okay. Too much of expectation. Right, but but okay.
1: But what about what was happening with you and your husband? Did you tell your husband this is too much for me? I don't want to do this.
5: Yes. 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 And um, during the past few years, these these problems build up more and more between me and my husband. Right now, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. And I if I want to keep that relationship in totally um, um, not existed between me and him me and them it's going to get worse but I really want that to happen because I don't really enjoy their company and I get really um, not just ignored or um, um, I really get disrespected clearly
1: and your husband doesn't see any of it
5: no, they she okay. do, does it when he is not around.
1: Okay, and so when you tell him she said this, what does he say?
5: He gets upset and angry. At you? <laughs> At whatever. I see the anger. I'm the one who observes the anger.
1: Okay, so let him get angry, but then say, okay, now what do you want to do about it?
5: That's the problem. Okay. That's what I'm asking. What's the solution? And I don't know what, um, in which direction I should go. You know what I mean?
1: Well, the direction has to be towards your husband, and you guys have to. He has to, you know, if I don't know, I'm only hearing your side, so maybe your mother in law will will say it very differently. But if your husband is not willing to support you and be there for you, then why do you want to be with him?
5: That's my question, exactly. I, um, you know. We build up this life together for 30 years. And I don't want to ruin that easily.
1: How long have you guys been married?
5: About 30 years.
1: 30 years.
5: Yeah. And we have kids, uh, young and adult kids. And it's not easy to just...
1: um, Yeah. Well, I mean, that, you know... That That's a long time, definitely, and that does make... I'm glad I asked about that. I should have maybe asked you at the beginning, because that is a long time, and of course means his mother is much older, too, then. Um, yeah. And the things from the past, I understand you're upset about, for example, having too many expectations. What is it right now that bothers you currently? Like, what happens recently that is bothering you about his mother-in-law, or your mother-in-law? Um...
5: is not something recent, you know. Um, just for example, the visit a visit make up a a fight, you know what I mean? If he's asking me, if you don't want if you don't want to have this, to have this visit happen, then don't. I and I know he, he wanted me to, to have this visit.
1: Okay. You know what I mean? I'm not, no, not exactly. It's not exactly clear what's going on. But it seems like you're saying most of what you're upset about is from the past. But I would tell your husband, look, does your husband... How do you feel like the marriage is overall? Is he happy in the marriage?
5: Um, I am not. Is he happy? Um, I don't know.
1: Well, you, you should ask him. And let him know I'm not happy. Can we please work on this? This is... I'm not feeling okay.
5: You know, when this happens, he doesn't let me go.
1: What do you mean he doesn't let you go?
5: Like, he makes things that I want to be happening. What and do you mean? Um, you mean in that
1: he makes changes in the moment, you mean?
5: Not exchanges. Like, everything um, I was asking for that, it happens. Then I... When he thinks, I'm done, and I'm ready to leave. So, you like, know, what I does know. he
1: do? Yeah, but what does he do if, he, if he's making changes? That, what
5: um, like, um, going um, um, with the decision that we wanted to make, he's going with my my decision. About what, though? Happens. Like what? About, like, um, whatever, I don't know. I don't know, whatever, whatever. Um,
1: Okay, but you're tra- then don't trade those things for something more important. So if you say, yeah. okay, then yeah. don't trade those things. So if you say, for me, it's important for me, your relationship with you know, me and your mom, then he says, okay, when we go on vacation, you pick where we go. Who cares? Don't say, I don't care where we're going to, whatever else. Say this, just stay on that. So don't let him bring other things into the, the, the situation. Because it seems like that's what you're telling me, that you bring up the issue with his parents and then he, he gives you something else. is that is that what you're saying i'm I'm just trying to make sure i understand the situation yeah
5: he tries, yeah, yeah he tries to make me happy yeah. okay
1: but i mean tell but don't i mean but but those things aren't going to make you happy if you're upset about how he's treating you or how you feel in the relationship other things are not going to make you happy and you still haven't told me what he does i'm still not sure what he does in the moment that makes you happy like what does he do
5: like for example um i was I wanted to change my car for a while.
1: Like okay, maybe. so that's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay, but who cares? Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. You're trading, yeah. y- you know, that's the problem. Who yes. cares about the car?
3: Yes.
1: Don't let that to be. He says, he says, I'm going to buy you the most expensive. I don't care about that. This. come back. Always, you're letting him get away from it, too. You're avoiding it, too. Say, no, this. This even, is the thing. Um, doctor,
5: um, even for the, um, for the priorities in the relationship, it goes with what I want okay then to make me happy you know what I mean
1: I guess I mean it's still a little bit vague but as I said if you bring up an issue and he brings up something else don't don't you're letting yourself you're trading it yourself so you have to accept that I say this is the problem he gives me something else I want I take it as a trade and I just shut up about it for a while. But you have to not so
5: like um, if he do, if he thinks I don't want to visit them, he says, OK, don't visit
1: them. OK, but that's but not the, the anger, issue. The issue is deeper than that.
5: Yes. The anger comes from another thing. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: That, and that's what I'm saying is that you're you're telling me I bring up something and he gives me something else, even if it's related, but it doesn't address the issue. And so the issue is still there. So yes, you okay. have to make sure that when you bring this up, when you want to talk to him about it you make sure it stays focused on that. What are we going to do about this? And then if the next day he says, oh, I realize I'm going to get you the car you wanted, or I'm going to get you the this you wanted, or the that you wanted, or we're not going to do this, say, that's those are nice things, but let's come back to the, the issue I have. You know, it's kind of like what I'm hearing is like the kid wants to go play, and you say, oh, look, we brought you ice cream, and then you go eat the ice cream. But you can't let yourself get distracted by something else. If you're upset about something, that's the thing you need to, to stay with and focus on.
5: Yes. Um, the problem is we think we both have a lot of um, counseling sessions uh, to solve the problem and have it solved mm-hmm. together okay. with the family, Okay. actually. Okay. But again, <laughs> everything comes up um, like the anger stayed at him. You know what I mean? Your
1: anger towards him?
5: No, he's anger towards me.
1: Okay. Well, then you guys have to work on that. I do have to, to wrap up the show, but I would say then, you, you know, go to therapy, you and him, and focus on things, but keep going. Therapy is an ongoing thing, so don't think we went a few times. You guys should go every week for a while if you want to work on these things. Okay. Does that make sense? So keep going to therapy, but yes, yes, yes. and like I said, when he when you bring up something and his solution is about something else, don't accept those things because then you're trading away what matters to you for something less valuable, and that's going to hurt you in the long run. But good luck. I'm I'm glad you called because, yes, a lot of people are dealing with these types of issues, and I wish we had more time. Maybe you can call another time and we can talk some more.
5: Okay. So just
1: get... I, I, I do have to stop. The, I know. I have to stop the show. I'm already over the time. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry okay. about that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you for calling. All right, you've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fiderlock. We thank you to the callers and the listeners and to Ramon here in the studio. Hope you have a wonderful day.